0: Hi. <clears throat> Hi. Welcome to Carefree, the podcast where we talk about life in and after foster care from every point of view. I'm Tammy, your host. I'm also a licensed master social worker, a trauma therapist, and the founder and director of Second Shift, where we assist at-risk and aging out foster care youth to transition to sustainable and connected independence This is episode two, and today I'm going to respond to some of our most common questions and comments. The number one most common comment we get is, I just had no idea. So today's episode is titled, Everything You Had No Idea You Didn't Know About Aging Out of Foster Care. Today I'm joined by Tim Spence, my other half, who is also the co-founder and treasurer of Second Shift. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's get started. Welcome, Tim. Thank you for being here with me.
1: It's my pleasure.
0: So in this episode, we are answering some of the questions and responding to comments that we hear again and again. You know, whenever we speak to a group or train new mentors or even occupy an event table, the people we talk to present some very similar questions and concerns.
1: So since this is Foster Care Awareness Month, we want to address those specific areas.
0: Unless you've been in care or worked in the child welfare system, you might not be aware of the realities of life in care. The consequences of aging out of foster care are confusing. They don't make sense when we look at them through the lens of our own life. Foster care and the process of aging out is different than what most of us know and understand.
1: You know, one of my former pastors, one of our former pastors used Mm -hmm. to say, we don't know that we don't know. And that's the paradox of understanding foster care. Unless you experience it, you may not know. So let's start with the term that we use all the time, aging out. What does it mean to age out, actually?
0: So to age out simply means that a child reaches the age of majority or they become an adult. Therefore, they can no longer be in the custody of a child welfare agency. Therefore, they age out of the system. For example, let's say that we're referred to a 19 year old young man, we'll call him Jack, and he has just graduated from high school. He knows that his time in care is running out now that he approaches adulthood. When he becomes too old to be a foster child, he will age out.
1: So we talked about aging out. So why are children in foster care until they become adults?
0: Well, some of them have nowhere else to go. If they're not returned to their family, placed with a guardian or adopted, then they will remain in care until they become an adult or age out. For instance, let's say our imaginary client, Jack, was removed from his family at eight years old and placed in foster care with a couple of his siblings. So his siblings were adopted because they wanted a forever family. But let's assume that Jack never wanted that. And he held out hope that his mom would get the treatment she needed to take care of him, but she didn't. So Jack refused for years to allow himself to be adopted. Or maybe he was placed on the adoption registry, but people shy away from adopting older children and teens, so he languished in care, waiting for someone to choose him until he becomes an adult. The state has to provide support and shelter to children and youth, and many of them just grow up in care.
1: So I suppose there are a lot of reasons for this, but why aren't they adopted?
0: Not all foster children are available for adoption. When a child is in foster care, there's a plan created called a permanency plan. Every child in care has one. So there are five different goals on a permanency plan. And only one of those five is adoption. The others are reunification with their family, legal guardianship, a permanent placement with a fit and willing relative and APLA, which is an acronym for another planned permanent living arrangement. APLA is the goal when there's no other option. It's the last resort and it is chosen only if there's a reason why none of the other permanency goals is the best. Most of the youth we work with age out with the goal of APLA and are therefore not eligible for adoption. Many times they are the ones who decide if they want to be adopted or not and that's a terrifying idea to a young person who already feels abandoned and unlovable.
1: So if they're not adopted, why can't they stay in their foster homes?
0: Well, first of all, they may not be in a foster home. They may be in congregate care, which is either residential or treatment facility, a group home, ranch, or boarding school. In Alabama in 2018, there were between 30 and 40% of adolescent and transitional age youth in congregate care. So I'll answer this question in two parts. Let's begin with traditional foster family homes. A foster home is licensed by the state to house and care for children in the custody of the state. When a child is no longer in foster care, they must leave that home. An exception can be made, but then that young adult has to be fingerprinted and have a background check, just like every other adult in the household. Often a social worker may not realize that needs to be completed beforehand, or they may not plan for it.
1: So how would this affect Jack, our imaginary client?
0: So let's say Jack is about to age out and his foster family has said he can stay, which is great. But right before his court hearing, his social worker learns that he needed to be fingerprinted and have a background check done to be allowed to remain in the home with other children. So even though he's been living there all along, he will still have to leave if those processes are not completed before his final court date. Also, because Jack's foster family is a licensed foster care placement home, if he remains, that eliminates a bed or space for an incoming child in need.
1: So what about kids in congregate care? That's, that's group homes, right?
0: Right, right. Group homes and facilities, residential care. So for a youth in congregate care and independent living programs, there's always a discharge plan. Policy only allows for children below a specific age or status to reside in that placement. If our client Jack lived in a group home that required residents to leave when they graduated from high school or turned 18, then he would be required
1: to move. So my mind goes to this. So if Jack has to leave, where is he going to go?
0: Yeah, that's a problem. And that's where the crisis begins. Sometimes a foster child will leave to go to college. Job Corps and the military are options for a few. And some are placed into transitional living programs and independent living programs until they age out and are on their own. This is where they need to have everything in order to step into adult life.
1: That's really troubling. So we get this question a lot. This is real important. How old are they when they age out?
0: So the age varies depending on which state you live in. Most states consider you an adult when you're 18. Not in Alabama by the way. In Alabama you must be 19 before you're an adult and can sign a lease or manage your own life legally. About half of the states have created an extended care program to allow youth to remain in foster care after 18 years old. Each state has designed the plan they believe works best. So in Alabama a child can remain in care until they're 21.
1: So when they hit 21, that's not something that all of a sudden it changes everything, Uh, nothing magical happens. So how can they be in care for years and then become immediately homeless?
0: So unlike kids who grow up in their family and community with consistent care, foster children get to adulthood by way of a broken road. Youth homelessness is hard to imagine, because outside of kids running away, it's just not something we see happening in our world. It's not the norm. Many of us planned excitedly for the day when we'd be on our own. We often had the help of family and relatives. But let's look at Jack again. So even before coming into care, Jack was probably passed around from relative to relative. Then once in care, the inconsistency continued. Multiple foster homes and social workers make it difficult to plan a stable future. Each time there's a change, the people who are supposed to be providing care for Jack have to start over completely and get to know him and relearn his case.
1: So in other words, that person has to build a relationship and rapport with the child all over again. And as they learn the case, they I, I suppose they bring in their own beliefs, their own perspectives, their own experience and understandings. And I suppose that could change the direction that the child's going, even a family's path entirely.
0: Exactly. And sometimes the direction changes again and again and again. So just planning for the future becomes a challenge. Then transitioning from care becomes a logistic obstacle course. For the majority of youth who are leaving care, they're required to relocate. They're literally forced to move when they age out. This means quitting a job, packing up their belongings, and leaving behind a possibly familiar community and support system with nowhere to go. For a youth who has no one to turn to and nowhere to go, this can be overwhelming.
1: Okay, we know this 21st birthday is coming. Uh, The young adult knows, everybody in their life knows, why isn't there a plan?
0: It sounds really simple doesn't it so it's almost logistically impossible to make a plan to transition a youth out of care and into sustainable independence everything has to come together like a perfect storm so let's look at jack again first he needs housing he has no credit history so he can't pass a credit check for an apartment he has no cosigner because he doesn't have stable family to provide that for him Jack might have been working, but he has no saving for deposits, furniture, or household goods. Since he's required to vacate his apartment he has lived in for the past year and move, he also has to quit his job. So now he has to find a new job, but he doesn't know the community he's going to, and he doesn't have the job-seeking skills he needs to begin the process ahead of time. Jack also probably does not have his driver's license yet, so he does not have a car, And he will need to find a job he can walk to, or a job that he can use public transport for. That eliminates a lot of jobs with a living wage, and he may only find a part-time job for minimum wage. So all of this makes it really hard to make a plan. So for example, Second Shift is currently working with a team of agencies on helping a young person leave care. This youth must leave their current apartment because the agency helping them is at the end of their lease. Unfortunately, the lease ends in June, but this youth cannot get into an apartment until August, so they need temporary transitional housing. No one has that available. We're looking at this youth becoming homeless on the birthday that makes them an adult because the circumstances don't line up. It's an incredibly difficult and frustrating system.
1: Well, that's a lot of information to process, and much of it is just not the answers we would like to hear. Many times we live in our lives, and it's hard to imagine what's going on with others behind the scenes. Again, going back to the most common response we receive when talking about the young adults we serve, I had no idea. Through this podcast, we will keep addressing these questions that are so hard to digest and bring awareness to this dilemma in our community today.
0: Thanks for joining us today. I hope today's discussion gave you some insight into the plight of the youth that we serve. Don't miss our next episode. It's gonna awaken your inner advocate. It might even leave you angry. Next time on Carefree, we're going to talk about privilege and disparities related to the life in and out of foster care. Until then, be carefree.